Hi, y'all. It's Angela, and I'm back for another episode of Business Unveiled. I am so excited to introduce to you all a lovely lady that I got the opportunity to meet right before all this COVID shit happened. <laughs> and we were talking both about our speaking careers and our aspirations and what we wanted to do in the year of 2020. And not, you know, cause we always want to talk in our podcast. So it's like evergreen, but I feel like in 10 or 20 years, we're going to be like the more experienced people of like, Oh yeah, the year of 2020, that was the last recession. <laughs> and we were just chatting before I started to record about like, I, it's only been, I think like two months since we've talked, but I feel like so much has changed. Mm -hmm. And so I'm excited to bring on CEO of Proteus Speaker Consulting, Whitney McDuff. Thank you so much for being here today. Hello everyone. Thank you for having me. Of course. And ladies and gentlemen, so listen up. So today, Whitney's going to share with us what we all want to know, like how to take that next step to be an impactful thought leader and become a public speaker, but actually get paid for it and put money in your pocket and actually do it professionally. And so she has been doing speaker branding. She's a strategist when it comes to how to be a speaker. She's a PR maven and she's an author and she's got several strategies that she's going to share with us today specifically on how to grow the speaker platform. And again, if you want to know how to get started or want to increase your income, which really guys, it's not always about the money. It's more about making a difference and making an impact in someone's life or business. You are listening to the right podcast today because Whitney's going to share it with us. But before we jump into like the goods, Whitney, <laughs> share with all the ladies and the gentlemen listening, how did you even get to where you are today? Like share with us your journey. Where did you grow up? How did you grow up? What influenced you to land to be this amazing PR maven? Your network is incredible because I've gotten to speak to other women that are surrounded by you. They all love you. Aww. And how have you gotten to where you are today? Welcome to Business Unveiled, the podcast designed to help you thrive in the creative community. Here's your host, events and productivity consultant, Angela Profit. What's up, GST leaders? Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Business Unveiled, where we share expert tips and secrets from top creative industry professionals. You know we're going to take you behind the scenes of our experiences, share with you what we've learned from them, and how it's made us stronger. Because no one said it's easy owning a business, right? But it's a lot more fun when you've got a strong support team around you. And that's exactly what we do at GSD Creative. We're right there by your side. And I'm so excited that you've chosen this podcast to take the first step in growing a productive, profitable, and successful, wildly successful business within the hospitality and creative industry. Today's podcast is being brought to you by one of my favorite platforms, Kajabi. So stop trading your time for money. Kajabi provides digital entrepreneurs an all-in-one platform which enables you to create a life of freedom on your terms, whatever that may be. Everything is housed under 
one platform. So there's really no need for multiple services. Kajabi really has all of the tools that you need in one place if you're looking for a home to share your knowledge and build online courses. You have a community of like-minded people with proven success in selling knowledge online, and the support with Kajabi is amazing. Give it a try today, bit.ly slash A-P-Kajabi. Well, thank you for the self-esteem boost. That felt nice. <laughs> it's good to, good to be here with everybody. Um, I'm from Charleston, South Carolina. I have always been... I've majored in uh, public relations and psychology and have always been in a PR marketing sales role throughout my career. I took on a role that was specifically public relations for public speakers. And that for me was a light bulb moment in my life. It was when everything connected, I finally really stepped into my superpower and it was just, you know, you, you find your role in life and you're like, man, I wish I knew about this when I was 19. Um, right. That is exactly what happened to me. Uh, so I started doing that role. I absolutely loved it. I was not super crazy about the leadership in that role. Um, we just didn't have the same integrity standards. So I resigned and took another position, but I really missed that work. Uh, well, lo and behold, uh, old clients started calling and it was really an affirmation that I was doing the work that I was meant to do and that I, I needed to be unafraid to step into my power and, and help as many people as I could. So my company started several years ago and it's just grown since then. And I'm so grateful for this work. It invigorates me. It's one of the things in my life that I love waking up early to do and going to bed late and with children and all of those things. It's just, it's wonderful to do work where you see people's lives change, but you also see the ripple effect of that because we're helping build brands and platforms that change lives. So getting to see that all the time has just been really a, a gift. I love sure. that. And I want you to share with everybody just what you were saying to me about the whole reason you, in the first place, because you have kind of two toddlers mm -hmm. and you said, I created my company so you could have more freedom for your, right. so you actually raise a family. And so not that I want to get off on like COVID and all of that, but I am very interested to know for you, because I know for mm -hmm. me, you know, in 48 hours when the NBA canceled their schedule, I was in Vegas speaking at TSC. <laughs> and then I got right. this notification on my phone, which was my mother saying, you need to fly home. They're going to shut down the airports. And I'm like, will you quit overreacting? And then I was like, oh shit, <laughs> maybe yeah. I should get on the red eye. So I did. Um, but overnight, I mean, 12 speaking gigs that I had lined up that were all paid opportunities and that would have given me a platform to speak in many different audiences, which would generate sales completely went away and for mm -hmm. literally 48 hours. So how have you, I mean, you being a professional speaker and teaching people how to do it, have people really reached out to you to take this time as an opportunity to get their shit together or yeah. Yeah. So tell us about that. Like, how is that shaped 
the last two months for you? So I was about to get on a plane to go to Australia with my dad when the, the panic started about COVID. We were in LA and they, they canceled the trip. And so we really got serious in that moment. Like, oh, okay, this is, this is a big deal. Let's, let's get home and let's figure it out. Um, within the next, not even two weeks, I mean, the whole industry dried up. It was yep. just, you know, it was absolutely insane. Um, my company made a pivot that ended up working out really well for multiple reasons. I have built an online masterclass now to teach people how to build their speaker brands. And then the flip side of that course is a course on PR so that people can learn behind the scenes on how this works so that they can do it themselves. So that pivot was really instrumental um, and a successful pivot because one, it allows me to work with more people. And two, it's a lower price point than the one-to-one work that I normally do. So more people can become engaged and learn this work for themselves. So that was really great. But what I found with my clients who were losing gigs, the good news about this is that the majority of those engagements are going to be rebooked at some point, right? Either they're going to be pivoted online or they're going to come back to live again events and what's happening behind the scenes. And I'm sure you're experiencing this as an event planner. These speaking gigs are booked out six, seven, eight months in advance. Mm-hmm. So those are still being booked. And that's really the message that I want to get across today. If you are thinking about building your brand, you need to be doing that right now because event planners are still booking. There's a lot yep. of uncertainty in the current moment. But let's be real. If we are still in quarantine in the middle of 2021, we've got a bigger shit show on our hands than losing this speaking. So that's the reality. Bookings are still going on. Event planning is still happening. And one thing that's working in speakers favor from this is that the opportunities are increasing. One, because people are learning how to pivot to digital platforms, which I know you're doing some work with. But the second thing is when events do come back into full swing, they're going to be smaller because of everything that's going on, which means more opportunities for speakers to get booked. I think it's going to be a long time before we see events with 10, 12, 20,000 people. They are going to be segmented up. So while for event planners, that's probably a giant headache. For the speaker industry, that's really great news because yeah. now there's four opportunities where there was just one. Right. So there is a silver lining in this. Now's a really good time to refine your speaker toolkit, refine your pitches, get a CRM in place for outreach. All of these things that professional speakers do, now people hopefully have the time to start looking into that if they're serious about growing their speaker brand. And so you mentioned CRM. If, mm-hmm. if, uh, if, if any of you are listening and you're like, what? It's a software system to keep all your potential clients, customer, it manage, it helps you manage your workflow and manage, like, even if you build one mini funnel of three series of emails, um, I think a lot of people, they hear CRM and they hear funnels and, and then it's just like, I lose them. And I'm like, don't do what I did because I jumped in and I'm like, oh my God, we need a funnel for this and this and this and this and this. And then it's like, I, I then I never finished any of it. The follow-up uh-huh. sucked. 
And so now I've learned it's better to build three large funnels a year and tweak it and take feedback and ask for feedback. And especially if there's a sale, if there's a product tagged to it. But one thing that I don't know how you feel about this. One thing I've learned as a speaker is, you know, at the, at the beginning, people always ask like, are you going to share your slides? You know, so I always tell people, Yes, I'll share my slides. I'll give you the link at the end. And uh -huh. so nowadays it's like you can go to a bit.ly link or they can text a number or you, you just don't want to say, I, this is the old me, email me. It's like, right. why? Why just email me? Then it's like you still put it back on them. But if you're going to give them something, they need to give you something. This Absolutely. Typically it's a phone number or an email. And I always ask like, give me your number one feedback or give me your number one takeaway. And that ends up being like these great raves that people don't just give me one sentence. They give me like two paragraphs of like, oh my gosh, productivity, blah, blah, blah. I learned this and I learned that. So what is your approach as a speaker and then speakers that you're training? What do you, what are you seeing that as people go back out into these smaller, more intimate events, what approach do you think people are going to grab onto? So it has to be easy, right? And people live and die, or they should be living and dying by their email list. It is yeah. really the only platform that you have that's not controlled by someone else. So uh, as we've seen, like Instagram's a great example, they can change all their rules overnight. And all of those influencers, they had no control over what was going on with that screwed. because they didn't control the, yeah, screwed. absolutely screwed. Totally screwed. There's nothing that is preventing any other platform that we're on from doing that. So it is priority one to capture the information of anyone that may potentially be someone that you can be involved in or who could refer you out. So absolutely. I mean, there's been all kinds of different ways, capturing email and offering something great at the end of your webinar or whatever you're doing right now. Um, to get their information that way. There is, you know, opting in through a text message, which has been really easy for people because, you know, we live with our phones, mm -hmm. but make sure do not, so many people are pivoting to online platforms right now. Don't get lazy about collecting the info. Make that a condition of hosting your information for these companies. Yeah. Like I have to have access to these people's information. I'm not saying you need to go spam them or anything else like that, but you have to be able to maintain a relationship with these people that is not dependent on someone else's platform. So email list, yeah. email list, email list. Gosh, you really struck like an old, old chord with me. Like, so you guys, when Facebook first came out and we got to have a business page <laughs> and they had this little plug in that I put on my blog to leave raves and testimonials. And this was way before Yelp or Google reviews or wedding wire or anything. This was like the first big, you know, leave reviews through Facebook. And then it would populate to your Facebook page. And um, then the widget went into our blog. I didn't really understand all that back then. Okay. So then one day I had hundreds. This is right when I started to actually 
break apart my businesses where we were growing in the consulting just started. And so every single rave that I got from like speaking or consulting was like a really big deal because I have like thousands of wedding raves because I'd done it for so long. Mm -hmm. And so one day I woke up and I was looking on my blog for something because I store all my information on the back end there so I can actually find it. And um, my reviews were gone. The widget was gone. It had like one of those red X's. And so I email my IT guy and I'm like, hey, just wondering what happened. And usually like their customer service is incredible. They've been with me since day one. And so I didn't hear from him for a day and then another day. And I don't put it on my babysitting list because usually I hear back. And then I went to my blog again and, you know, it was almost day three. And so I emailed him again. I was like, Hey, Damien, what's up with this, this plugin? And he's like, can you talk? And I'm like, he never asked to talk to me. What's wrong? And he's like, I couldn't put this in an email and I don't know how to tell you this. And this is a learning lesson for us too. But Facebook took that widget away and we lost everything because we, we have a backup of the WordPress site on, on two servers and in the cloud, but it wasn't backing up the, Im, like the embedding of any widget. And we didn't know that. And, you know, I'm not a crier. I'm, I don't get pissed off. It takes a lot to really, you know, upset me, but I cried and I'm like, what? He's like, I, I thought he was going to cry with me. And he's like, we, this is a lesson that we can never rely on a third party widget. He's like, we can still do it, but in the future, anything that comes through, we're going to copy and paste it and either put it in a Google Doc or we're going to copy and paste it and put it directly on your blog, which will help with SEO. Because what I didn't realize is going through the widget and letting it live on Facebook, that was helping their SEO, not mine with the keywords either. So it's like out of that, you know, I'm glad it happened to me a long time ago because Mm -hmm. it taught me exactly what you're saying. Own your own shit, people. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I put tickets in with Facebook. I I tried for like a week. I was so effing upset. And it's not (sighs) like I'm going to go back to all those people and be like, my Facebook, (laughs) my widget's gone. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. How stupid do I sound, right? So anyway, (laughs) a little fun fact, but yeah, own your shit, people. So, so to, to kind of change the subject, Uh how is, what is the best way? Like, what are people looking for? Cause I know you're a master crafter when it comes to like putting a pitch together so that you can get booked to be a speaker. So how do you, where do where the hell do you start like putting together a pitch? So it's all about getting specific. And I know that people hear that all the time, but let me get more specific about being specific and what that means. I love it. So your job as the person pitching is to make the booker's life easy. So the way that you do that is you have to speak directly to the audience that they're wanting to book for. And what the mistakes I see all the time in pitches is one, it's too general because people they get nervous. They're like, oh, but I can speak on 50 things and I can speak to everyone. Everyone needs to hear my message. Well, that's cool, but that doesn't work in a pitch. And the best way that I know how to tell people to think about this is like this. If you meet somebody on an airplane and they say, oh, I'm from the U.S. Well, fucking cool. So am I like, all right, moving on. Can I get a cocktail please? (laughs) Yeah. Thanks. But if someone says, I'm from town XYZ and I went to high school XYZ and that's where you went, your need to engage with that person absolutely skyrockets because you know exactly what's going on. And that's how you need to think about your pitch. The other thing, huge mistake, which I'm sure you'll testify to as an event planner, 
<laughs> people think that they can just blanket email people and that's that. And it's like, get out of my face with that. Nobody has time. Like I need to know that you're speaking directly to me and how you can help me. So it is getting specific. If you are looking up, you want to speak at XYZ conference, you find the event planner for that, the decision maker, you need to send a specific email, do a little digging. Like y'all, you may have to take three extra minutes of your life and go to LinkedIn and see what this person's about, see what they like. Okay, great. But if you get a $5,000 speaking gig out of it, wasn't that three minutes worth it? Like mm -hmm. spend the time that other people are not spending. You have to get specific about how you can help them because the, the reality is this is something people do in pitches all the time. And this is why they don't get booked. It is not about you. It is about right. the audience. Yep. So the more you can talk about the audience and make that event planner look like the hero for booking this badass that came in and changed everybody's life, not only are you going to get booked, but you're going to get rebooked and you're going to get referred. And that means taking time to get specific about how you're helping the world, but how you can help that audience and who that audience looks like. I don't, I cannot stand when people are like, oh, I'm a leadership speaker. Well, cool. You and 47 million other people are yep. speaking about leadership. But when you drill down and drill down and drill down some more, you actually become easier to market. And because it's not really about, it's not about if you can explain what you do to people. It's about if I can explain to someone else what you talk about six months after I met you. It is so true. Like I'll say, um, I had a, a branding coach years ago and he said, you know, can, what do you want to speak on? And I'm like, I can talk to anybody. Right. And he's like, no, Angela, we're putting together a one sheet and uh -huh. it's going to, you're going to talk about the three P's. You're going to talk about productivity, psychology, and profitability, period, the end. Yep. <laughs> he's like, if, if people ask you to speak or you're invited to speak, I don't care how much it is or what, what it is. If it is not relating to any of those three things, the answer is you don't have to say no, but you just say in order for you to best serve your audience, I am not a good fit. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. I'm like, Oh, okay. Um, and it is hard, but if I, if I, if I go and speak or even waste my time and I go and you could be talking to a million people and if they're not looking for productivity tips or ways to be more productive or ways to be more profitable and they're not business owners and they don't give a shit about psychology, I'm not going to make any, any sales <laughs> or right. any connections because that's not what they're in tune with. So that's right. that makes And wouldn't you rather sense. speak to a room of 20 women yeah. who are potentially going to become clients than 2000 who you'll never see again. And this 100%. is the same thing that people deal with like vanity metrics on stuff. Mm -hmm. Y'all, this is about engagement. I don't care if you have 3 million followers, if none of them give a shit about what you're saying, who cares? Mm -hmm. Like you'd much rather have an engaged following. And this is something else that people can do. Like today, we're talking about a speaker one sheet when you're mm -hmm. pitching you have got to talk about outcomes. Mm -hmm. So many people fill out their, 
their speaker one page. And for y'all who don't know what a speaker one page is, it's basically like a speaker sales sheet. Mm -hmm. It's got your headshot. It's got your bio. It's got your speaking topics. It's got a testimonial. It's got places you've spoken before or people and companies who will verify that you're awesome. Mm -hmm. But what happens in these one sheets? So it's like a resume, right? You've got about four milliseconds to make an impression. People go on and on about themselves. Look what I've done. Here's who I am. Da, 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 da. I don't give a shit. Right. I need you to tell me, you know, you're not a celebrity. Like, right. and that, that's where they mistake. Like there's a difference in celebrity speakers and professional speakers. I care about your content. I care about what's happening when an audience member leaves that room. Mm -hmm. Nobody's showing up just because Whitney McDuff's at an event. They don't give a shit. They want right. to know about the information I'm providing. Yep. So it's got to not be about me. It's got to be about how I'm serving the audience and what they're walking away with that are concrete outcomes. Stop talking about yourself. Start talking about who and how you're serving people. Amen, sister. <laughs> it is so true. And like, even when, um, I, I'm sure you get this too. And when you go and speak and people are like, what song do you want to be brought up on stage to? And what's your bite? And it's like, I, I just get uncomfortable, like listening to it because I don't even, I am all about some, like, we, we pick a song, a theme song every single year. And, um, you know, I love that. And I'm all about, you know, like I love Ellen. So I'm like, Oh, and you know, dancing up on stage, but it's like, no, people aren't there to, they don't, they don't give a shit. How can you help them? And, and the way that you connect with them and the impact that you can make on them can make you a little mini celebrity in their head because you mm -hmm. actually brought value to their life personally and professionally. So 100%, um, are you, are you finding that professional speakers now are reaching out to people to get booked on online conferences? And would you say that the approach is any different or would you say that it's still the same? So what I'm encouraging my clients to do and everybody who wants to speak or has spoken before, this is super low hanging fruit that I'm, I'm not sure why people don't do, but they just, I guess, need to be reminded reach out to your network where you've already spoken, remind people. I mean, you know, this, we get bombarded with marketing messages all day long, like 700,000 or something insane like that. You have to position yourself and let people know that you are shifting to digital events. This is an option that people can have because I think we get into a really bad habit of just assuming that everybody knows exactly what we do and exactly how we can help someone. I mean, people, especially right now, they are caught up in their own shit. Everybody's mm -hmm. got their own worries. They're worried about their company, their concerns, all that stuff. So we owe it to the people in our sphere to remind them like, Hey, this is how I may be able to help your business owner friend who is absolutely falling apart in her company because they had to make a major digital shift and now they don't know how to be productive. Mm -hmm. I, I serve audiences by this and this and this, this is what they take away. And I have moved to a digital platform. I have evolved to be able to do that. I just wanted to remind you that this is available. If you need these tools, I have this solution. So mm -hmm. it's about, it's using your social media, reaching out via email, like, Hey guys, just a heads up. 
this is how I serve. If your pain point is X, Y, Z, which the majority of business owners right now, this is one of the silver linings of coronavirus, mm -hmm. is that we're all kind of on the same boat. Yep. We're all having the same struggle. So it's pretty easy to identify what's happening in other companies because it's probably happening within our own. Mm -hmm. So if you possess a skill set that can help someone, you need to remind them of that because everybody's in a whirlwind shit show right now. Yep. And if you can come looking like a beacon of light that can provide some clarity on how to get to the other side of this, it is your obligation. Like it's not salesy. It's not sleazy. It's your obligation. If you have something that can help someone to let them know that that is available. Mm -hmm. So it's getting out of that mindset of, oh, I, you know, I don't want to bombard people right now. Everybody's so stressed out. You're not. You're yeah. offering a solution. Yes. Like, who are you to keep that to yourself? I want to know if somebody can help me put that shit online. Like, yeah. let me know. I can make the decision if I need to bring that person in or not. So I think uh, people are real caught up in their heads right now, especially in the speaking industry. They don't want to be a, a quote burden. Mm -hmm. It's like, you're not, you're the solution. Let them right. know that you've pivoted and keep reaching out to these people. They'll let you know if they're not ready to book somebody, it's fine, but it's right. a short conversation and move on to the next thing. That is no different. If you can solve a problem, get out there and solve it. Right. Yeah. I didn't, I don't, I really don't. For those of us who have super valuable information that do give solutions to people when they need it the most, and it, it's, it's, it was actually difficult in the, in the first month. I'm not even going to pretend because so many people were like saying like, take my class for free, take everything's for free. We just want to help. It's free, 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 free. And I'm like, well, I've been down that road before for about two years, just literally, I mean, we had a big email list and I just gave shit away for free, mm -hmm. which is not the right mindset that you want to put out for two years, idiot Angela, because it, it almost teaches people that your stuff isn't valuable. Mm -hmm. And so you, when I don't even know if it's just Americans or if it's just people in general, even if it's a dollar, if you put something monetarily that you worked really hard for into something that you are investing to learn for some reason, when you're held monetarily to pay for something, it, it holds you accountable. I mean, think of the people that spend 10 to $50,000 a year on going to mastermind classes. Like right. I know I've done it before, but, yeah. and people are like, holy shit, you paid $50,000 to go to a quarterly. I'm like, but the money, the, the shit that I learned there and the money mm -hmm. that it helped me make not only back quickly, but I learned all this new stuff and how to pivot and be more up to date on digital marketing. Like that was the best investment I could have made that year. Mm -hmm. So I don't look at, plus the write off. <laughs> right. So I don't look at it in, in that aspect at all. And it's almost like there was too much free information. Like I was overwhelmed and I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say like, we did take some of our Facebook downs for Facebook ads down the first two weeks, just because we didn't, I felt bad. Like as a woman, I didn't want to be asking people for their money. And then, um, another entrepreneur organization member, he's like, why did you do that? He's like, our sales funnels are killing it on Facebook right now. He's like, people are buying more than ever because they have the time to spend, like to spend at home to work on their business. And I'm like, shit, you're right. <laughs> and so like we ramped them back up and people were spending money. Like we're still making money online. And so you're so right. 
and like the proof is in the pudding. It's like, don't give everything away when you know your stuff is super valuable. I mean, right. very valuable, right? <laughs> and you know, the first two weeks, everyone was in a panic. Yeah. So everybody was in that boat, but yeah. people are starting to take a breath now. And I mean, the first two weeks for me, it was bonkers. There's just no other way to describe it. And then it was like, okay, let's take a breath. And I told my husband, I was like, I'm not leaving my office until yeah. I figure out the pivot. You know, I'll see you in three days or however long it takes. Well, it happened that, that day, thankfully, but that's exactly right. What you're talking about. So I pivoted to this online course because I know that people want to know how to build their speaker brands and now they're at home. Yep. Now's the time to invest this because the speaking industry isn't going anywhere. No. This has been a bump in the road of group events, but it's not going anywhere. Keynote speakers and thought leaders will always be of value in society and that, that industry will come back roaring. So, oh, absolutely. I mean, it is right now in a digital sense, but yeah. that's what I found was once this course was offered online, it was like, oh, okay, people are at home. Now they have the time to do something that maybe they weren't doing when everybody was running around on the outside <laughs> before shopping for toilet in. paper. That's right. <laughs> Find an hand sanitizer. And Clorox Clorox wipes. That's right. <laughs> like I didn't even need toilet paper, but I felt as though I needed to go get a Costco membership. I'm like dollars oh. if they have some toilet paper. And then I get there and they have paper towels and and then those flushable, washable wipes that really you shouldn't flush down your system. But I still bought them anyway. And I'm like, I don't need any of this shit. <laughs> but that's you know, right. <laughs> I do want to mention one more thing, thinking about yeah. the speaker one sheets um, that will help people as they mm -hmm. are working on their pitches and going back to specifics. So I was talking about specific outcomes, but I also want to talk a little bit about specific audiences. Mm -hmm. People think they're getting specific, but they're not. And I'll give you a really good example to put this in context. Yeah. I was working or am working with um, a health and wellness coach and we were coming up with her speaker pitch. And the first round of it was, I work with women, you know, X, Y, Z to help them build their health and wellness or something, whatever you get my drift. You see this stuff all the time. Yeah. And as we dug into it, it's like, no, that's not who you're working with. She was working with high wealth women and what the real pain point is, because when I say who want to improve their health and wellness, well, that doesn't really mean anything to me. Like, why do I want to do that? Because it's like, kosher to be healthy and fit? No, it's because I want to live a healthy lifestyle so that I can play with my children or so that I can go, the women I see on Instagram who are climbing mountains and doing badass things, I want to do that. Right. Like, so it is these six and seven figure business owners who have built this life and this empire and now want to have the health to match it to, they have the income to do whatever they want, but they can't do it because they don't feel good. Right. And so when we got to that pain point, the whole brand skyrocketed because it was so specific, like ideal with six and seven figure business owners who have built an empire. Now they want to enjoy it more detailed like that. Instead of I work with women who want to be healthier. Well, shit, that's everybody. Right. <laughs> but now like I know exactly who her target is and she's so easy to refer now to her, for her entire sphere because now it's not, she's not getting bombarded with people who want to spend, you know, $15 a month trying to work on health and wellness. She's got 
high-end clientele who have this pain point that they have built their lives and worked their asses off to be able to get anything that they want, but now they can't enjoy it because their health isn't in line. And that's where she comes to the rescue. So that's what I'm talking about, specific messaging and getting super lasered in on who your actual ideal client is. Stop trying to talk to everybody. I know that right. we can, but that doesn't mean that we should. No. So that's my, no. that's my soapbox about. No, that's <laughs> perfect. And, and when I actually started to understand this concept years ago, a mentor was working with me and I'm like, but what if I say no to these people? And then, and he's like, then you're freeing up your time to say yes. When the right people come along that meet all of these pre-qualifications, like check, you're an entrepreneur, check you, one of your top three adjectives is, um, experience, you know, so it, but what it, it had, what it did for us and changing everything was doing like 250 events a year to like 30. And mm -hmm. we were, we're far more profitable because we're like, right. we're only doing full service. We're only doing planning and design. We're only doing entrepreneurs. So we have other opportunities to help them build a life with events and their marketing and their business. And so that's helped create this very specific path for us. And everybody's happier that way too. It's, it, sometimes it just feels like a shit show if you're serving a bunch of different people who aren't on the same page. That's right. So that's perfect. What Absolutely. are some things like when it comes to getting paid to be a speaker? I know mm -hmm. when I first started out, um, I probably, gosh, did a hundred talks maybe just for free because I just wanted to get in front of people. Um, I wish I would have been smarter back then on not looking at it as, oh, yes, I'll speak for free, but I have to be able to offer X, Y, Z if I'm going to speak on your stage, you know, or vice versa, or, you know, ask for information so that I can at least go and sell a solution. So what are your thoughts about getting paid to speak? And then when you're being asked to speak for free, what is your mindset on that part? <laughs> Okay. So there's a couple different genres of people who normally book speakers. This isn't all of them, but this, these are the main ones. So it's education, corporate, associations, military, faith-based, college, and nonprofits, right? So one, it's about figuring out where your audience lives. Um, we'll get to the paid part in a second, but as far okay. as free events, we have to we have to talk about what the benefits are. So if you're about to immediately when you step on stage, and this is why growing your brand through speaking and PR happens so fast because you're instantly seen as an authority the second you're called to the stage to speak. So if the benefit of being in front of that audience, for instance, if you were like, uh, there's just speaking engagements, it, they're doing it for free, but it is in front of your audience where you could pull $100,000 worth of clients from, if you were able to engage with them, then yeah, I'd say do that. Like it, right. it just, it really depends. And I know that's such a, a vague answer, but it really does depend. Yeah. If you need, if you're newer in your speaking career and you need footage, yeah, you're going to need that to pitch. So yeah, maybe it is worth it to speak for free. If you need some footage of you having some badass content that you can leverage with a paid speaking engagement. So it depends is the answer, but really you want to think about what are all the different ways that you can make money from this event? Could you recruit potential clients that you could consult with or coach? 
Could you, do you have a book that you can sell there? Do you have some sort of item that you could sell later? If those things could outweigh what's going on, then yeah, you probably do need to speak for free. Another option that a lot of people don't know exists, let's say you're getting, let's say it's a corporate event, okay? And their budget mm -hmm. is, uh, your speaker fee is $3,000, but their budget is 1000 Something that you can do is say, hey, would you be open to me having a sponsor and they can also come in and do a quick to-do, have a booth there or whatever, and they make up the rest of your speaking fee. So that's, that's a great idea. Yeah. So one of the best things that speakers can do right now, especially in this downtime, is start thinking about that. Who are great partners for me that are trying to get in front of the same audience I am? And that looks different event planner to event planner, but that is definitely an option that a lot of people just don't know or don't think about. So if there's a partnership in line that can fulfill the speaking fee and that takes off the pressure for the event planner, because if they really want you, but they can't afford you, well, then you're screwed. Like yeah. <laughs> one, and one of the yep. things like people do, they negotiate against themselves because they're afraid to say their fee, say your fee, listen to what the event planner says and then go from there. So many people will say, oh, my fee is a thousand dollars, but for you, I'll do it for a hundred. It's like, what are you doing? You didn't it, even listen it, yeah, to the answer. <laughs> right? Why? <laughs> listen to what they say. Absolutely. And then the other part as far as paid. So a big part of that is outreach and building these relationships. And it's in the way you ask the question, like, how do you, or Hey, could you do me a quick favor and let me know who um, works with your paid engagements? Like just send a short email to someone who can lead you in the right direction. Mm -hmm. And if you are absolutely adamant that you are not going to speak for free and have no interest in doing that, then you know that that's not an event you need to invest in. Like right. put it in your CRM, let it go, but figure out what your fee is. It needs to start, event planners don't really start taking people super seriously under like $1,000. Right. So $1,000 and up. Okay. Wonderful. Can your market bear that? So do some research. One of the best ways that I've helped my clients find great speaking gigs is go see who's spoken there in the past. Go check out their website. Where else have those people spoken? Because if you know that they charge $3,000 a talk and mm -hmm. it's someone in your arena, go see where they've spoken. Cause at that point, you know, okay, well these people have budgets for this yep. and then it takes less legwork. Yeah. So that's a, a really sneaky way. You're welcome audience. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> to, find, to find very quickly. There's also um, resources like speakerhub.com, speakermatch.com. Um, that literally list paid engagements. So if uh -huh. you really don't want to put in any legwork, that's, that's a great way to find them. Um, awesome. You can set up a profile, but yeah, that's like the easiest. You just want them to come to you and, and vet them and see if they work for you. And then do they like speaker hub and we'll put that we can put this in the show notes too, like speaker hub and speaker match. Do they take a percentage? Like how do, do you, how do they make money? They host, it's a monthly website fee. I'll tell you a really great one for um, our audience here is innovationwomen.com. Okay. Every week 
they send out an email of speaking engagements. Um, I also every week send out an email of speaking engagements, but Innovation Women has an entire platform specifically for women speakers on where to find opportunities. That's been a great uh, resource that I found just for ease. I mean, the reality is that I want to tell people, if you want to speak full time for a living, you have to treat it like a job, right? You can't just, you know, snap your fingers and hope a fairy godmother shows up and then you're Tony <laughs> Robbins tomorrow. Like that's not how it works. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> you need to be diligent about what you're doing and be organized about it, which is why yeah. having a CRM and y'all, I'm not telling you to go spend $10,000 on the CRM. You can do it in a Google doc. I mean, whatever you want to do, but just keep track of what's going on and make time every day to do some outreach. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and also too, over the years, um, because I have a great business manager and accountant, they made me very aware of if I'm going to speak in person somewhere, how much money it's costing me to be out of the office. And so, um, you know, some people will reach out and say, well, we'll pay your, your expenses, like your travel fees. I'm like, okay, but like, you don't understand. And like going and telling people like the value of time. So you know, I have to arrange if it's my turn to have my nieces and nephews, like I have to arrange childcare. I have two dogs. I have to, um, typically I like to get there the day before. I don't like to fly the morning of because I've had flights get bumped mm -hmm. and then I've been late and then it just causes stress. So I like to be there the night before. And then typically I'll do like a lunchtime and a dinner time or a dinner time talk and then something the next day. So I'm out for three or four days. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's a day rate. Then I really, you know, we all have standard presentations that we give, but I always change it up for each specific audience. And so, and that takes time to, mm -hmm. and then I pay somebody to go back and check my misspellings and because I'm terrible at spelling and, um, you know, it takes a long time to, to be thoughtful. Then on top of that, these, these, uh, speaker company, they want you to do all this social media. They want you to do all these video, which is fine but I have to pay somebody to do that because I don't right. have time to do it myself. So when people are like, Oh my God, you start at 10 grand or, Oh my God. You know, I think Tony Robbins starts like 50 grand and like Gary Vee's like a hundred. I don't know. Uh, he's $150,000. I gotcha. just tried to book him for an event. Yeah. Can you, gotcha. I mean, unbelievable. But he yeah. pulls that in. Yeah. Like people, and he's a ticket. Totally. Maker. Totally. And so when people are like, Oh my God, it's so expensive just for a 45 minute talk. And I'm like, well, I want to invite you to reframe a little bit in my head. I'm like, you have no effing clue. No, it's just not a 45 effing minute talk to mm -hmm. you maybe, but to me, it's four days of my life away from my family, away from the kids, away from the dogs, away from my home. You know, it's just like, is it really worth it basically? And what are you going to get out of that? So That's sometimes right. And when you, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh no. I mean, it's just like, it, you think of it in terms of time, not just dollars basically. Right. And I mean, you're, they're paying, and this is something I want you all to think about when you're setting fees, they're not paying for the 45 minutes. They're paying for the 20 years of experience and however many thousands of events that you had to do to gain the knowledge, they're paying for the outcomes. So if I'm a sales expert and I have a 
$7,500, $10,000 keynote, but I save your company $100,000 that year because of what I taught your team, that's a, uh -huh. you're winning. Like, what are you talking about? Absolutely, yep. I'm worth that $10,000. And you have to be confident enough in what you're providing an audience to be able to speak confidently about your fees. So absolutely, you're spot on. You need to look at what you're really giving when you give that hour keynote in the time, in the travel, all of that. You need to look at your audience. What are the gains that you're going to get from that? And then make a decision. So it's all about, you know, what everybody's goals are. Um, I did want to tell everybody too, while we're given kind of easy ways to find uh, events and opportunities, mm -hmm. if you all will go in and just set up a Google alert for call for speakers, that's a super easy way to get stuff to your inbox. It may not have to do with your industry, but hey, it may hit one day and there you go. Absolutely no legwork to find that opportunity. That is awesome. Like we have, we have an alert set up on Google. So like if some, if somebody like types my name in and we put it in like five different ways, cause no one spells my last name. Right. Mm -hmm. But there's other people with the same name as me. And I don't, and oftentimes like they'll get like, there's this attorney in LA. She has the same name. She spells it the same way. And we get tagged on things that are not our things because people aren't doing their due diligence. Oh, like boy. I wrote an article <laughs> recently for something and they tagged her instead of me. And I mean, it actually could have been relevant. It was about credit card fraud as a business owner and we're both business owners, but I'm not an attorney <laughs> right. at all. And so like we have exchanged um, like text messages and stuff and, or, you know, she'll be like, Hey, it, I, I got dinged, but we learned to set that Google alert up mainly because of that. But it's free and it's neat. So yeah. yeah, you guys go and do that. That's a great, great tidbit. That that's so true. Another thing, if you're wanting like a higher end, and I'll just give this one quick tidbit, and then I know we need to wrap up. But um, if you have a speaking engagement and there's somebody in the area that you'd like to speak to, invite them as a guest. Let them see firsthand what you're capable of doing. Because people hire based on the experience, right? So let them come see it firsthand. Also, that is a super quick way to build a relationship with someone. You're not asking them to do anything for you. You're inviting them to a wonderful experience. And then they can see what a badass you are. And then they'll hire you for their event. I love it. That is awesome. What a, You give great tips. Thank you so Thanks. much. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I know that, I mean, obviously, because you are a public speaker and you teach public speaking, like it truly is one of the fastest, most effective ways, like to, for people to grow their brand. Don't you think? Absolutely. Because yeah. you're, you're instantly seen as the authority. Yeah, absolutely. And then if anybody wants to work with you or get in touch with you, or they want to become a speaker, I know you're doing like a 12 week online program, um, about public speaking. So tell us more about that. Uh, this was my pivot when COVID hit and I'm absolutely obsessed with it. We are having the best time. It is where I think I'm going to take the majority of the business uh, because I love it so much. It is a 12 week masterclass on public speaking, how to build your brand, presentation skills. I mean, the whole gamut, building your pitch, who to pitch to, how to pitch to them, all of those things. The flip side of that is I go behind the scenes on PR. So you're not spending you know, selling your organs on the black market to try and pay PR firms <laughs> to do your it. stuff. <laughs> um, 
So we teach you that, but it's 12 weeks. You meet with me every single week. We have once a month, you get an hour one-to-one with me. So there's a lot of interaction and feedback. Um, I really encourage anyone, if you've wanted to build your speaker brand, to come join me. It is so much fun. But yeah, you can find out about that on WhitneyMcDuff.com. Those, I do a launch for that once a month. So gotcha. hop on in. We'd love to have you. Awesome. So you guys definitely go check out WhitneyMcDuff.com. And there's a ton of amazing information. And especially if you've been doing the same thing for years and years and years, I mean, my gosh, you are an expert now. So think about launching your speaking career. And, you know, it's great. You mentioned a book earlier. One time I was asked to speak and they're like, how many books do you have? I'm like, uh, zero. And so, (laughs) (laughs) but I had a book in two weeks because I wanted to really speak there. And that actually is what launched. And so I didn't worry about the perfection. I didn't worry about everything being perfect. And so every year we launch like a tips book over the things that we learned that year. And so now, you know, people are like, Oh my God, you've written eight books. And it's like, well, yeah, but I keep up with all these things throughout the year. So then at the end of the year, it's a lot easier because when you sit down and you go to write a whole book, like it is very time consuming. But that is a gift that you can give the audience and at least introduce them to you and your brain and how you can help. So I really like that you said that as well. So thank you so, so much. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I had a blast. Yay. And everyone, thank you so much for listening to another episode today. And be sure to tune in next week to another episode of Business Unveiled. Y'all have a great day. Bye. Now that you have all the tools you need to conquer the world in GSD, just share this with your friends and your fellow GSD leaders, and be sure you're a subscriber so you never miss the juicy details of Business Unveiled, and you can ask Siri to listen to the latest episode, but you got to be a subscriber. Before I go, I have a huge favor to ask, and it would mean the world to me. While you're listening, snap a quick screenshot post it to your Instagram story, tag me at gsdleader underscore, and share with me your top takeaway from this episode and how it relates to you. Until next time, remember, stay productive and profitable. You've been listening to Business Unveiled with Angela Profit. Join us next time as we share our experiences to help you be more productive and profitable in your creative business. For more great resources, visit AngelaProfit.com.